0: in deuteronomy 8 notice in the first 10 verses the lord is reminding them of how he delivered them and brought them into great blessing Their garments didn't grow old in verse 4 and how he provided them with plenty in the land of wheat and barley in verse 8 but having said all of that he told them there are several things they need to remember Primarily, not to forget who gave them all of this. So, in verse eighteen, it says, "Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is He that giveth thee power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant which He sware unto His fathers, as it is unto this day." So, notice He said He gave them the ability. So did come. To this, just didn't just come to them the things they needed to do we come to Ruth chapter 2 now I want you to notice as I begin reading with verse number 1 and Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's a mighty man of wealth of the family of Elimelech and his name was Boaz let's have a word of prayer father as we look into this Lesson tonight, speak to all of our hearts, help us to see how it is that you guide and direct our paths, even when we don't understand how and why you're directing us in certain ways. But we're ever so grateful to know that all the blessings that we have come from your hand. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you're familiar with the book of Ruth, you know that some different Bethlehem led Elimelech to take his wife and his sons to Moab, and they wanted to find a better way of living there because the famine was pretty difficult. Well, they dealt with a number of misfortunes in Moab, and Elimelech, the patriarch, died. His two sons died. Naomi was left with her daughter-in-law's, She told them it probably would be better for you if you went back to your parents, to your parents, you know, house and everything like that. And this is what Orpah did. Ruth, she clung to her mother-in-law. She stayed with her mother-in-law's religion. She said, wherever you go, I'll go. Wherever you live, I'll live. Wherever you die, I'll die also. Naomi obviously was hurt by all of the events that had taken place, one funeral after another. And when she went back to her own city because it was harvest time and God had brought bread to that area by raining down blessings from the skies so that the fields would produce, she felt like the king was against her. In fact, she said, don't even call me Naomi, call me bitter because the Lord has dealt bitterly with me. Well, after they had returned and the city was moved when they saw her, sometime later we can see the beginning of chapter 2 here. Now this man, Boaz, was a mighty man of wealth. I'm sure that the wealth that he had, he didn't develop just in recent days. He probably had a lot before her family even went a decade before, but he certainly was a landowner. But this man, Boaz, is central to the story. It is his wealth, his blessing, his supply that's going to be used in order to help this young lady, Naomi. And I bring that out because it has always been the plan of God to use other people to be a blessing to you. God sees the end from the beginning. He knows what's going to take place. There's certain contacts you have to make, certain intersections in life that need to be made and all of us in here have either needed someone to be a Boaz to us or we've been a Boaz to somebody else. You, you couldn't have gotten to where you are today except somebody blessed you or helped you, imparted something into your life, made it possible for you to do this. And this is the reason people talk about giving back, you know, or paying it forward. But the biblical thing is this way, you reap what you sow. So if there are people who have means and have substance and are able to be a blessing to you, then we expect that if they're Christian, God's going to touch their heart and some ways to help. So the plan of God has always been to use people to bless people. God took Abraham, created that family. They ended up in Egypt. But while they were crying out to God because they were under tremendous pressure, the Lord heard them, so he raised up Moses. And then Moses, when he came of age, he went and delivered the children of Israel. But even Moses needed help one time. He couldn't sit there and judge all those people by himself. So the Bible says that he had some elders. And the Lord took of the spirit that was on Moses, put it upon the elders, and they assisted him. Everybody always needs help, no matter who you are. In Luke chapter 8, it tells us that Jesus was helped by some ladies. Now, he was God in the flesh healed the sick, cast out devils, but yet in his ministry and in his traveling, Luke chapter 8, verses 3 and 4 tell us that women ministered to him of their substance. That tells you that there were ladies that had means, had substance, had blessing, and they surrendered some of it to the king. If Jesus needed help, you need to know there'll be times in your life where you'll need help. So I don't need to take a poll and ask you how many of you have ever needed a Boaz in your life. All of us have. We all have. And we've been thankful for that. And I've certainly had a lot of people that have blessed me tremendously because of the covenant that I have with God and because of my relationship with certain people. And that's how it is, how it is with you. So in verse 2 then, pay attention to this. Uh, Ruth is the Moabitess, and she has returned with Naomi, and she has no desire to be a burden but to be a blessing. Now, the reason Moabitess is mentioned there is because they want to emphasize the difference between her and the Israelites. Different culture, different dialect, maybe different styles of dress, and they portray her ethnicity To show that she's going to stand out from the people. There's one trait she possessed that if anybody possesses it, doesn't matter where you go on planet Earth, it's going to help you, and that's she had a work ethic. She had a work ethic. Here's a lady that in verse two says to her mother-in-law, Let me now go into the field and glean ears of corn. She says, Let me go. She didn't say, I want you to go, mother-in-law. She said, Let me go. She was younger. She had lost her husband just like Naomi had lost hers. It's harvest time and harvest time has opened up doors of employment for her. She didn't try and go to get a job as a shepherdess or as a blacksmith. She took a job doing something that was available because it was harvest time. Now, some people won't work because they'll say certain things are beneath them. Not for Ruth. Ruth wanted to help her mother-in-law. Ruth did not want to sit there all day long and look at her mother-in-law and just wonder when is mom-in-law going to do something to take care of me. But Ruth made the decision in talking with her. Let me now go to the field. I don't want you to go anywhere. I don't want you to do anything. I'm not just going to sit around here in the house, but let me go. And that's exactly what she did. How many times have you, have you met people that their pride keeps them from doing anything? You know, you mentioned to them, well, you know, so-and-so is hiring. Oh, that's not me. I'm never going to do nothing like that. Really? Well, you will if you want to pay bills, and take care of someone. You probably probably will, probably should. Just because you start somewhere, that doesn't mean that's where you're going to end. This woman starts off working in the field. She doesn't even realize later on she's going to own. See? So you start somewhere and then the Lord begins to lead and guide. But pride will destroy a person. So you that are old enough to have lived out here and can remember when it was time for detasseling. And you can remember all the buses that would be lined up in a certain location and kids would be standing there in the morning waiting for the bus so they can get on and go to whatever field and they have their long sleeve shirts on they're out there in that hot field working all day long great money great money but it was definitely hard work then of course you remember kids years ago it wasn't hard at all to find somebody to come cut your grass I mean, kids were pushing lawnmowers down the street sometimes, just looking for a lawn that they could cut in order to make a few extra dollars. But I hear, I hear parents say today, I went to school and worked hard so that my kids wouldn't have to detassel. Pride. And that's why they're lazy and don't have the spirit of, of Ruth, you see. And, and then you have kids say, well, my mom and dad make enough money, I don't want you to go out there and do that kind of a thing. Well, Pride. Cried, but this lady here in verse two, Ruth, she says, "Let me go right now and glean ears of corn. Hard work. I want to go. I want to do it." And she says, "In in whoever's eyesight, I find grace." And here's what Naomi said to her her daughter-in-law. She didn't say, "No, you stay." She said, "Go." She said, "Go." And, And that is what needs to be told sometimes to people because you will never enter into certain fields of blessing certain fields of ministry if we don't have a work ethic and we don't go she released her she said go i've met pastors who i mean they try to hold on every preacher they can won't let them go anywhere If if a preacher feels led to step out and do this or do that then the pastor said oh no i don't think he or she's ready who are you to determine whether or not they're ready Let them go. Because if if their field of blessing becomes profitable for them, then it still ends up blessing the house. So look at Naomi. Naomi in the end is blessed because of the fact that Ruth stepped out of the house. What was it like for you when you were sitting at home? What, What came into your heart, into your mind at a certain age? Surely you had to realize that... There's a field out there somewhere for me, somewhere. And this is what Miss uh, Ruth was thinking about. And, and again, God has a Boaz in place in order to help you. My, my dad had told me uh, one time many, many years ago, my biological dad, because he could do just about anything with his hand, build anything. certainly was a plumber, do electrical stuff. I mean, for a career, he drove heavy equipment at a steel plant and, I mean, weekends, we were always doing something, pouring concrete, shingling a roof, pour, you know, building something. But one day, I asked him, I said, how in the world did you ever learn all this stuff? You know, he 86 when he passed away, so he had to start learning this stuff in the late 40s, early 50s. He said, well, he said, of course, in those days, it was difficult for, for, for us to get in any kind of trade school, but he said, there was a, a man in our neighborhood who was white, who had a construction company, and he said he took me on as a day laborer. He said he he showed me how to do all all this stuff. Now, of course, my dad wasn't a Christian at that time, but you know what was provided for him? A Boaz. A Boaz. There's always someone in our life that is showing us how to do this, how to do that. Ruth is fascinated with her mother-in-law and she wants to look after her so she said how can i now be a blessing to her and so after her mother-in-law released her she gets up early in the morning and there in bethlehem she heads outside the city i've seen this picture i don't know how many times overseas where people who have no vehicles at all they get up and you walk out to the main thoroughfare or highway and you'll literally see hundreds of people walking in one direction to their jobs two miles away five miles away some people walk in seven miles ten miles one direction not coming back for three days may not come back for a week Some may come back at the end of the day, making that long walk back, but everybody's walking, and many times they call it a walking nation because so few people have vehicles. And she gets up just like all of the other hundreds of people during harvest time that are making their way to these fields to labor. I don't know how many fields she passed, but we do need to know this, every field isn't for you. Every field isn't for you. There are some opportunities you have to pass up, and it is God who often guides your steps even when you don't know he's guiding your step. She left that house not knowing where she was going. She just knew that she was expecting that the king was going to help her. In verse 3, she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and her hap, or lot, was the light on part of the field that belonged to Boaz. Of all the fields to go to, she ends up in the field of a kinsman. She didn't know Boaz was related to Naomi. She stepped out in faith because she wanted to see exactly what it was that the king would do. Now, Bethlehem was a region of Judea, a little city there. I don't know how many thousands of people. But Moses and Joshua made sure that all the tribes kept their property within the tribe. So the people of Judah had a number of owners of large and smaller tracts of land. It had to be kept within the families or within the tribe. This lady stepped out of that house and made her way to where she was going and I don't know who she spoke with, who she talked to, but later when Boaz came on the scene, you can see from verses 4 through 14, he was very interested, excuse me, verses 4 through 11, he was very interested in her, but he had already heard her story, because she came back with Naomi. And Boaz was asking questions, he said, who is this, this little lady that is out here laboring with me right now, and in started letting it go and and later when Ruth comes into contact with Boaz she humbles herself says I am grateful for this opportunity he says in verse 11 it has been fully showed me all that you have done to your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you have left your father and mother in the land of your nativity and are come to a people which thou knewest not heretofore he said to her you have been like Abraham so he said you've been just like abraham because that's what the lord said to abraham in genesis 12 this woman has stepped out in faith similar to what abraham had abraham became the patriarch of a whole clan and a nation she's also going to become the matriarch of a family that includes david it's a powerful thing to, to think of that that God used a woman who was a foreigner, and when she's laboring out there in the fields there, she, let me tell you what she's not doing. She's not saying to all the Israelite men, this is not the right way to do this. When we were in Moab, this is how we did it. See, she's not telling them that, because there are some people that are like that. They'll, they, they'll come, they'll start telling you, well, you know, um, you know back when, 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 before I became a Christian, you know, when, when, when we were Buddhists and this is what we did when we all got together, you know, or, or back when I was in my last church, this, this is how we, how we did it there. And then, of course, I mean, if the fields of Moab are that good, why did you leave? If Moab was such a great place, what was the point of leaving anyhow? But this lady was humble enough to yield to what was going on in that field, and Moaz, Boaz, I should say, showed grace to her. Verse 12, the Lord recompense your work and a full reward be given you of the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come to trust. So what's the key or one of the keys to acquiring blessing and abundance? Work ethic, character, yeah. Think of how many people, when they got married, they had zero. Zero. Now, of course, things are a little bit different today. You you get married, and they you got the little list that they tell you. You sign up, and then you got to buy all of these items on there for people before they ever even marry. You know, so it'd be a thousand dollar couch, and then it'd be two thousand dollar refrigerator, and and of course I'm I'm always looking for that stuff that says like um uh spatula six ninety-nine. <laughs> See so you got all of this stuff that, that people are, are are wanting, and believe me when I tell you, people buy it. Family members buy that stuff. And and people get married today and they have more on the day they say I do than some people had after five years of marriage. Yeah. But for uh Ruth here, this lady, she was very concerned that she's going to have character and she's going to have work ethic because if you're going to enjoy your field of blessing, then your character is going to be important. If God's going to give you the ability to acquire supply, abundance, and wealth, you've got to be able to be a steward over little so that you then can be a steward over much. People who aren't good with little usually aren't good with a whole lot. It's just a pattern of life. I've told you before about my dad. How when people would come to talk about my stepdad. Now people would come to my stepdad and they'd say, "Well, you know, we're having having a little bit of problem with our finances. Can can we borrow some money?" So he'd say, "Well, how much do you need?" And they they might say anything from two hundred dollars to a thousand dollars or something. And he would, of course, then he'd think about that and he said, "No, I'm not gonna loan it to you at all." He would say no, or he'd say, I won't loan it to you, I'll give it to you. Well, he knew that if he had to loan it to them, then there has to be a reason why they don't have it now. And in his mind was they probably didn't have the character they needed to have in order to be able to save. So if he loans it to them to keep him from having uh, ulcers, And veins breaking out in his neck and getting angry about them not paying him back. He says, I'll just give it to you as a gift. Because people's character has everything to do with whether or not they will flourish in this field. You can start at the bottom rung on a job. But if you have character, people will see that and promotion will come you're there early, you stay late, people will observe that. If you come late looking for ways to leave early and coming up with excuses for why you can't be there, I mean, after all you poor little kid, had a cough couldn't, couldn't, wasn't able to, to come in to work and then let's let's not forget that, you know, he stubbed his toe the other day and I need to make sure that I, I can be there to hold him and rock him. Well, I mean it makes it difficult for these folks during harvest time can't get in the harvest if they don't have people there that are laboring. And this is how it is with God. If he doesn't have workers in his vineyard, how in the world can he bring in the harvest in these last days? He needs faithful laborers, faithful, dedicated people that have a for the harvest. That won't be complaining and saying, Lord, we know that you put in the manual here in the Bible how we should do this. But I think we got a better plan on how to reach the lost. See, Just follow what the king says. Okay. well, why else was Ruth good for this field? Well, I don't know if Naomi was even in a condition to go. If you look at chapter one again, listen to what Ruth said in the second half of verse 13. My daughters, it grieves me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. Look at verse 20. Don't call me Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty has afflicted me? This woman believed the king was opposed to her and not helping her. It was an enemy, and I'm telling you right now, it's hard to move forward in faith when you think God is fighting and you think God is taking stuff from you. But Ruth wasn't like that. She never allowed that bitterness that was in Naomi. Even though they both lost husband, she never allowed that to get in her heart. And just because you have a friend or a family that is angry about something or mad at something, you don't have to join into that bitterness. But sometimes people think you've got to be loyal. If, if mom is mad, so and so all got to be mad if we can't talk and and if grandpa's offended at god none of us because grandpa is upset with god why should ruth allow what's in naomi to dwell in her ruth got up out of that house and went to the field see went to the field and this is what god wants us to see from these scriptures verses verses 4 through 11 show us how she entered in to the field and was blessed, and it demonstrates her character. If she doesn't have or didn't have the character she needed in that faith, I can tell you exactly what would have happened. She would have become like one. And she would have started thinking, you know, life was a whole lot simpler back home. And why don't I just turn around and go back home? And there are plenty of people like that. They become Christians, then they start thinking, I've got more persecution and trials in my life now than I ever had. Because when you became a Christian, then you had to deal with the flesh, the spirit, God, and the devil. And, and people said, "Before I could just live my life without all these convictions and dealing with grief and condemnation, and the spirit of God dealing with my heart." And just like Oprah, people head back to what they're, what they're comfortable with. So rather than me spend time praying and talking to God and believing God, I'll just retreat. Environment where we used to pray to saints that have died. See? I'll go back to my, my former environment where everybody told me that, that God is still God, but God just isn't God today like He was in the Bible. See, that's comfortable for people. And that's where Orpah wanted to be. She left Naomi. And Naomi and Ruth went to Bethlehem. But when they got to Bethlehem, only Ruth left the house and ruth entered into the field of boaz and ended up blessed which one do you want to be what kind of Christian do you want to be in these days in which we're living look at verse verse 15 she rose up to glean boaz commanded his young men let her glean among the sheaves don't reproach her don't admonish her don't rebuke her but you leave behind some handfuls of purpose that is to say leave some excess you know leave some excess and the bible says in verse 17 she gleaned in the field until the evening and she beat out that which she had gleaned that means she's pounded this stuff and then she took it up whether she had it in a sack or a bag or wrapped it up in, a, in her skirt she made her way all the way home and when she got home she let all of that out and of course Naomi said where have you been and she said I'm telling you I stepped out of this house had no idea where I was going. took that first step went down on the crowds and before you know it, I'm passing all these different fields and finally, I just felt like I would go to that field right there and I have a job. And that's where I went and gave me a job and it was some man named Boaz that was in charge of that whole thing. When she said that, then all of a sudden, Naomi, the light, came on. Boaz, it's a relative. He is connected to us. So now she's happy. So now she's happy. Well, this, this lady Ruth then demonstrates uh, for us how fast things can change. You can see it tells us that she gleaned, verse 17, in the field until the evening. She went out in the morning, sunrise, stayed until the evening. So we're looking at a 12 to 15 hour period. Harvest time for barley in Israel. It's about the end of April, first part of May. So we're looking at a good 12-hour day. Notice how fast God changed her circumstances. Less than 12 hours. It does not take God long to bless you. He just needs someone willing to say... I will go and do what I need to do. If I have to start down here at the bottom, then the Lord can bring blessing and promotion. But somebody has to be willing to be like Ruth. So don't ever curse the field that you're in. Some people don't get promotions and don't experience blessing because they curse their field every day. They hate where they go. They tell everybody they don't like the field, they tell everybody in the field they don't like being there. When they get home, they tell everybody how much they despise it. So more than you, ever do that way. you won't ever be blessed that way. But it doesn't matter if you're pushing a broom, driving a bus, sitting on the bench, with a judge, a school teacher in the classroom, or sitting at home. You have to allow your field to bless you. See, to bless you, you've got to enjoy it and believe that God can bring a harvest through your field. If he supplies your needs, you should praise him. You should have a field to labor in in the first place. If anybody who is not gracious and uh, showing gratitude to God, that's a terrible thing. Terrible thing. No, no! To, to have a place to go when you get out of bed in the morning or have something to do when you get out of bed in the morning, that's a wonderful thing. So this lady left home empty. She came back fool. Notice verse 20, Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, blessed be he of the Lord who has not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. The Lord remembered her deceased husband, daddy-in-law. Naomi said, the man is near kin. He's one of our next kinsmen. And Ruth, the Moabitess, they keep reminding you, this woman's a fool. He said unto me also, you'll keep fast by my young men. In fact, he commanded them young men, you better not bother her. Don't you put your hands on her. Don't say nothing to her. That's going to make her feel bad. She was under the covering and the protection of Boaz. Left home, came back. Left unemployed, came home gainfully employed. Left home not even knowing she was connected with someone wealthy. Found out she was related to somebody that was wealthy. All of this in 12 hours, folks. Everything changes real quick. You don't know what the king will do. So verse 23, she kept fast by the maidens of Boaz to glean unto the end of barley harvest and of wheat harvest and dwelt with her mother-in-law. So Naomi enjoyed some of the blessings that came from Ruth. That means you share what you have. You share what you have. you a blessing to thank you. The way it should be. I came home out of the military and had a little bit of money saved up. My Mom wanted a garage. I had a new garage built for her. And when I was in high school, I time to become an adult, and my dad like, "What are you going to do now?" I said, "Well." I don't know I already signed up for the Marine. Corps. You don't have to worry about me laying around the house. I already knew I wasn't college material when I was 16. I no sense. Me going and have to pay that money and waste it. We got into the military they changed my mind completely. I became college material within 90 days. because They changed my life. That's that fast. I was college material. I saw where I wasn't gonna get ahead for what I needed to do in the Marine Corps. Had to take some classes or something like that. Well, the, the, the Lord He expects us to be a blessing wherever we are. So let Ruth be a, a, a character who not only motivates us, but at the same time shows us how we should live. You know. God's plan is not for us to find another one that'll take care of us, but for us to be a blessing to someone like that. When I came home out of the military, I was there about maybe four months before I headed back overseas. this it just, just how my, my dad was. He knew when I got paid. When I got paid, he's standing at the door with his hand out when I came in going to put some money right in there for some of the food and all of that stuff. So he didn't need a dime of it, believe me. He made six figures. He made, you know, what he was showing me was, you're not going to just live here in Freeload. That's what he said. You're going to contribute to the house. So then I just gave money out of what God gave. And how the Lord prospered me. And because of that, later on in traveling in ministry, I can think of hundreds of times to somebody was a boaz you know, when Tiffany and i before we got married we were seeing each other there was this gentleman down in the church in baton rouge and he was one of the co-founders of holiday inn and i don't know why this man took to me but he did and i'd be home sometimes from traveling and preaching or working around the ministry, doing whatever I needed to do, and then this man, he just come walking up to me and just gave me a lot of $100 bills. said, so I just felt like I wanted to give this to you. Ah, oh, thank you. He did that on several occasions. When I got married. He came to our wedding, gave me his card, said, if you ever get while you're up there building that church in Nebraska, just give a call. Give a call. I don't know why God said that. His heart. But there have been plenty of people like that in my life that because of what we were doing, they wanted to help and they wanted to supply needs. But in every case when it happened, I was busy working in the field. I was busy working in the field. If you are doing something- you're trying to push the kingdom of God. You're trying to expand the the, 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 uh, the work of the Lord. There are always going to be people who are gonna be interested in, in doing what you're doing. Jesus called a whole lot of people to be disciples. didn't call any of them sit doing nothing. Matthew. The other ones. The of God. We're called to be laborers. We were brought out of Moab, see, in order to come over into the fields of our master. We found a Boaz that owns a lot more than what Boaz said in the scripture. Somebody that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And powerful enough to hang the stars in the heavens and the sun and the moon. And he all of the laborers in the world. He's not unjust or unrighteous. It's your work of faith. And you may think that behind the scenes you're doing all of this, and nobody sees what I'm doing, and God's not paying attention to me. I'm doing my best. So remember, you have to be willing and obedient. Not just obedient, willing and obedient. And if nobody's patting you on the back, telling you thank you and telling you how wonderful you are, don't worry about all of that. Just make sure that whatsoever you do, you do. Whatever will give you all the things that you need one day when you hear him say well done how good faithful servant." that'll keep you from becoming bitter yeah that'll keep you from becoming bitter get your, get your love and your affection from the king don't look for it from other people make sure that inside of you you have that same kind of work ethic that Ruth had and believe that as you step out into your field God's going to prosper you yeah. everything I've Done since I've been a teenager and walking with God, I just honestly believe, Lord, I'm stepping out here. I'm believing this is you. So when I touch it, I expect blessing to be upon it. This is the best way to look at it, you know. When I got married, I didn't have a house. I didn't have anything. I owned a backpack and a seat bag. Yeah. Had everything I could put inside of there married, lived in that little house just north of the church for a few months. Had one of them old beds where she, she and I lay in that bed, and because there was such a dip in the middle, we just rolled to the middle. Didn't matter what direction we were facing, we all came right, we came right back to the center. She and I did, and and didn't have a whole lot of anything. Wasn't no money in those days. Wasn't no salary in those days. The farmers that had all brought us meat. The one that was a mechanic fixed our cars when we needed fix it, and other little things that people did but she ended up going to head start working there she said if the church will not be anything it needs to be you have to be in the church, the church the ministry so i i was going from one nursing home to another all throughout the I was getting into the school wherever i could preach wherever i could teach wherever i could let people know there's a new church planted and here we are that's what i was doing she's driving back and forth to work she's coming back then pretty soon everything turned where god was bringing people in as harvest come in we're labor in that field then she one day we're talking she didn't have to do that anymore see she was willing to do whatever she had to do in the beginning just like i was willing to do whatever i had to do to get it going Just in order for God to be able to bless us and help us. And there wasn't no issue of pride. We just wanted to see God touch hearts and lives. And our field of blessing has expanded now to where we can touch a lot of people, minister to great numbers of people, because we tried to be faithful. And all the times people tried to talk us out of leaving Nebraska, we never left. church in Hastings, a Baptist church, called, wanted me to come up there, leave Red Clock, come up there, pastor that church. When uh, I had been here maybe three or four years, maybe a little bit longer, a church I used to be on staff with down in Jacksonville, Louisiana, Jacksonville, North Carolina, they called, said, we'd love for you to come back. How are things going up there? They were trying to feel me out, see if I was enjoying it, so I'm loving it up here, loving it up here, in a house with no central air, loving it up here. Person. Oh, this is right, but look, in the will of God So that's what, that's what I, I told them. and so later when, when I got uh, connected with other people and then people were trying to pull me out they were saying look we got a church if, if you just come down here and serve with us down here and, and, uh, whatever part of Texas it was then had 400 people down there They said you come he God help Raise this thing up, even in the prairie West. Can't leave Nebraska. This is where God called me to be. Somebody called from Kansas City. Pastor, we come down. And preach for our church. Just try it out. Just see if you'll like it. Preach one Sunday. I said, Can't do it. I'm where I need to be. And Hilton tried over and over again. Tiffany and I to leave here, to move to Roman Forest, Texas, or to just travel around. With him, But over and over, we said we have to be in the will of God because our field of blessing may not be a mega church, may not be thousands of people like other ministries, but our field of blessing is where we Wherever the cloud of God leads, that's where the manna will fall. And that's why we've been so blessed out here. Because we decided to work we decided to live and, and trust God. So, Always have that in your heart as you walk with God. Your path is different than mine. God may lead you in a different direction. You've got to go when he's leading you in a different direction. But for us, we know where our path has brought us right here. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank you for showing all of us that if we are like Ruth, it doesn't matter if we go into a foreign environment, you can raise us up and bless us, and God, I pray that you give every man, woman, boy, girl in here the kind of initiative that Ruth had, and give us the kind of faith that she had. Cause after all, even Boaz, Lord, said she was like Abraham. So Father, we are seeing our Boaz. Jesus, amen. 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 Amen.